We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spurs Up Show, presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, joined, as always, with my co-host and my colleague, Thomas Floyd. We're continuing on in our season preview series, episode 54 of the Spurs Up Show, for those that are keeping count. Uh, But we're continuing our season preview series, talking about the South Carolina defense today in 2018. Uh, so we got a packed show. Also, we have a very special guest that joins us in another interview this week. Before we get to all that, if you're not subscribed yet, not sure what you're doing, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet by far, please be sure to go online, rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your media, wherever you get your podcast, be sure to go online there and check us out. Also, follow us on all of our social media handles for all of our Armchair South Carolina-related content, starting off with the Spurs Up show. We're on Twitter, at the Spurs Up show, pretty easy there. And then Armchair South Carolina is on Twitter, at Armchair S Car, and on Instagram, at Armchair S Car as well. And lastly, like we mentioned earlier, this is a podcast presented to you by the Armchair All-Americans, armchairallamericans.com, localizing your sports coverage content. Please be sure to go check us out on armchairallamericans.com for all of your latest breaking Gamecock news coverage, our podcast, of course, and also we cover everything from college to professional sports, also doing stuff like esports. A lot of cool stuff happening over at armchairallamericans.com, so please be sure to go check us out there. So like I mentioned, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Thomas Floyd. Tom, nice to have you back on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking some defense today. It's great to be here. Seeing the seeing the, all the pictures of Carolina, the videos, and Bryce, and just get me ready for you know, game day. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, obviously, me and you are both familiar. I sent you a uh, pretty funny text last night that I can't exactly, uh, I guess, repeat on the show. But yeah, I safe to say I think we're pretty fired up for uh, for football. Obviously, first day of pads was today. We're recording this on uh, August seventh, Tuesday night. So first day of pads was today. I mean, anytime, every time the pads get popping. I think that's when it kind of really feels like, okay, football is officially back. You've got preseason football for the NFL starting this week, official, like legitimate preseason, not some Hall of Fame game like we had last week. Um, But really, really excited. We're actually going to, seeing as we are getting into the season, we're going to ditch our favorite news story of the week segment just because, you know what, I figure everybody's so ready for football. And when it comes to football, let's just jump right into it. Let's dive into it. Let's not delay it any more than we already have to. So we're going to jump right into it. Again, our season preview series, we're talking defense today. Uh, Will Muschamp's bread and butter. Taking a look back at 2017, um, the Gamecocks defense, 
very opportunistic a year ago, Tom. You know, led the SEC with 28 takeaways. Um, from that unit, you got six starters coming back. Um, some of the key losses from that unit, obviously, I'm going to start with the linebacker, Sky Moore, uh, who was one of just, I'm not sure how many players, but led South Carolina in tackles for four, all four years of his playing time, uh, which is absolutely remarkable. You also lose D.N. Dante Sawyer, uh, Jamarcus King at cornerback, d- two defensive tackles in Ulrich Jones and Taylor Stallworth, Chris Lamines and D.J. Smith in the safety position. Um, so four of the top seven and seven of the top 12 tacklers are actually gone from a year ago. Um, and then overall from a pass rush perspective, which is something we're going to talk about a fairly good bit. Uh, Gamecocks had 26 sacks a year ago, which, you know, was an improvement um, from the 2016 season, but still definitely not where this team wants to be. So just, Tom, I'll, I'll kind of ask you similar like I did last week, kind of knowing what you know. Obviously, we watched every single game and have, have studied and looked at the South Carolina defense 2017. With those losses, kind of take a look back at, you know, kind of your impressions coming into 2018. Uh, sort of what you're expecting and how you expect South Carolina to build off of, you know, they've obviously gotten better from 16 to 17. Now we go to 18. Talk about kind of what they did in 17, how you think they're going to build off that. I mean, I feel like our defense was, like, good in 2017, not great. I don't feel like there was any certain position area where they were dominant in. And I feel like this year they have a a chance to do that, but I don't – I don't know, really. I like the defense this year better than last year when you look at terms of depth and everyone across the board, but especially at the defensive back position because you lose D.J. Smith, but I hated watching D.J. Smith play. I thought he was a horrible player. I mean, hate me if you want to for saying that. But, I mean, Ulrich Jones, really not that big. Well, I mean, a guy who could plug holes, but, I mean, a guy that's replaceable. I mean, Sky Moore, you obviously don't replace. Dante Sawyer didn't have that, much, that, have that big of an impact last year. I mean, that big of an impact. Chris Lamont is going to be hard to replace. Jamaris King, Taylor Starworth, all three of those guys, I think, you know, are going to be hard to replace. But other than that, I feel like I'm really confident in this defense. And really, if you look at what T. Rob Mushroom have done with their defense the last two years, there's no reason to think they wouldn't improve. Yeah, and I actually, you know, you'll hear this later on in the show, but I asked Peter Burns, you know, about – we were talking just about Will Muschamp and sort of his pedigree and what he's done at South Carolina. And, you know, I asked him, is it is it uh, naive of me, you know, to think that – South Carolina is going to be fine on deep. When you take a look at this team as a whole, is it naive of me to think that South Carolina is going to be fine on defense simply because it's Will Muschamp and he's proven time and time again, even in his first year in Columbia, when, I mean, you could argue the cupboard was pretty bare that first year. I mean, what he was taking over. Will Muschamp just finds a way. He's able to see things in guys. He's a great talent evaluator. Um, Obviously, look at like a guy like DJ Wanham, who was a three-star at a high school that I don't think really had a ton of big offers that he's brought in and made an all-SEC caliber player. But what I asked Peter was, is it naive of me to think that just because South Carolina has the Will Muschamp effect, it's kind of a, a given or is an assumption that they're at least going to be a solid defense. They may not be the best in the SEC. They may not lead the SEC with 28 takeaways again. But, you know, I, I could argue, Tom, that really Will Muschamp, I mean, the biggest question this year going into the season, what's the offense going to do? Because to me, if Will Muschamp has proven one thing throughout his coaching tenure is that he's going to field a an elite level top of the not, top of the line defense. And I agree. I think that you know, as long I think you know, I think we talked about that stat a lot. That if his offense has scored more than twenty one points, he's like some like fifteen and three or something like that, something crazy. But I just think that if his defense can hold teams to twenty points or less a game, then we should be winning almost every game, if not having a really good chance of them. And I just don't – I mean, I, I look at the team from top to bottom, I think has more talent this year than last year, and I think that they're going to play better than last year, even though I don't think the turnovers are going to be there like they were last year. But overall, as a unit, I think they'll play a lot better. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of mentioned some of the guys that, you know, left from last year's team, which I'm not going to go through all of them again. But, you know, again, no hard feelings, no knock on them. If you want to take it that way, you know, sorry, not sorry about it. But there are some guys that I think South Carolina had to start a year ago simply because of inexperience or, you know, you know, those guys at least have experience. But I think they've got guys now who may be young, they may be freshmen, but they've got a much higher upside and have much more talent than the guys they're replacing. I think of just the safety position, like you mentioned, you know, with a guy like DJ Smith. I mean, same thing when Chris Moody left. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You plug in, you get better players, and I think South Carolina's been able to do that. Um, you know, taking a look at it position by position, want to talk about the defensive line starting off. Obviously, we know the pass rush is a big question for South Carolina. Only had 26 sacks a year ago. Um Talk about, Tom, I mean, do you think South Carolina, if you take a look right now at who they've got, I think they're front four right now. Or I know they're going to run probably three-man most of the time, but you got Javon Kinlaw in the middle. Kier Thomas is going to be in the middle. You've got a guy like Aaron Sterling, a guy like um, – sorry, I'm blanking. Aaron Sterling DJ and then Shamit Blackshear going to be – DJ Wanham, of course. I, I mean, I'm putting him a little bit more linebacker buck type deal, which we're going to get yeah. to in just a second. But do you think South Carolina is going to be able to, in 2018, get a rush – with just the front three or the front four guys they're going to have on the line? I mean, I think with Kinlaw and Kier are going to be two really good defense tackles for us this year. But I really think that the ability for us to get four people – with four people to affect the quarterback, I think it's really going to be on Shamit Blackshear. Is he going to be able to be that player he was supposed to be coming out of high school? And if he is, then, yeah, I think that they're going to have a really good chance this year. But if not, they're probably going to have to blitz a lot more. I mean, obviously Shamit's one guy, but I think his impact on the team this year is going to be something that no one talks about. And that if he ends up with having five or six sacks this year, then that's going to be great. A great year for a guy that hasn't done much in his career at South Carolina. And when you talk about a guy like DJ Wanham, who's going to be someone they use to get to the get to the passer. You know, he had a bunch of passes batted down last year, I think. I can't remember his exact number, but I just remember him making a bunch of plays in the backfield with, as far as that. And I think the Javon, too. I mean, you put a 6'6", 305 guy back there. You know, not many balls are going to get past that line of scrimmage. You know, if he puts his hand up, he might swat it about every time. Yeah, Tom, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I think Javon, I think Javon Kinlaw is going to be an absolute beast on the inside. And it's about time a guy like Shamik Blackshear kind of grew up and sort of grew into his own. I think we all, anyone that's followed, you know, followed South Carolina closely, we all know kind of the problems he's had in his personal life and what he's kind of had to battle to get to where he is. I, I, I think it'd be a great story. Obviously, I know South Carolina fans would love to see it, but it would be a great story to see a guy like Shamik Blackshear kind of break through. I think Aaron Sterling's a guy that, South Carolina fans can be really, really excited about, you know, had a pretty solid freshman campaign. But, you know, to me, it's it's going to be really interesting how those young guys do. Again, you got a lot of young talent on that team. I think Keir Thomas, again, I don't want to sleep on him. He's a guy I think should not be slept on. I mean, you see him and his reps. I mean, he's a guy that's put on some size, has got quickness, ability, sort of been a guy that maybe hasn't gotten all the attention on the South Carolina defensive line, but has made a big impact since, since 2016, which was his freshman season. Um, I think he's a guy that could have a big year. But you talk about the youngsters behind him, kind of J.J. and Ibarre. Um, you know, you talk about a guy uh, guy like that who I, I think J.J. and Ibarre is poised for a really, really big-time year. You heard Lance Thompson today actually after practice say that, you know, he has the body type and the skill set of guys he's seen at the next level. So I think that's saying a lot. And, uh, again, I just think it's going to be really, really interesting to see because I, I think them being able to get a pass rush with just four or just three guys rushing, I mean, obviously, it's going to cover up – it's going to mask a lot of deficiencies. You might have a corner. You might have a safety, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But I think I think that's going to be a key component to this defense is can they get a rush with just four guys rushing. And like I said, I think you've got the pieces to do it. But like a lot of other parts of this defense, it's 
there's a little bit of youth there, a little bit of inexperience. And, it, you know, Will Muschamp cited it again at SEC Media Days. He feels really good about his first four, five, six guys. But after that, you know, it's a lot of guys with some talent, but guys that haven't done it yet. So I, I'm, I'm just really, really intrigued to see sort of how all that plays out. You know, talking about the pass rush, I wanted to separate the two, but Tom brought up a really good guy, obviously, in DJ Wanham. You know, want to talk about the linebackers a little bit, and I'm going to throw Buck in here as well because they sort of serve the same purpose. Um, but talking about just kind of your back four guys, we'll just call them, uh, as far as those guys in the front seven, you know, you, you lose Sky Moore, which is obviously I think, you know, you you know, you know, mentioned, I, I think that's going to be a huge loss for any defense. You lose a guy like that, a leader. But I think T.J. Brunson's a guy that returned. He had 88 tackles a year ago. Really? really was leading the team in tackles all season before Sky Moore kind of took that reign. And I'm glad he did, obviously, to finish four years in a row as the leading tackler. But T.J. Brunson was a guy. He was right there all year. He was an impact player for South Carolina. He returns to that middle middle linebacker position. Bryce Nall Williams, he comes back after being injured in game three last year. You know, Will Muschamp talked about how big of a loss that was for them uh, just to lose a guy like Bryce Nall Williams that, like you said, can rush the passer, can can uh, can uh, drop back into coverage. And, you know, to me, you've got also Sherrod Green. You talk, or yeah, Sherrod Green, um, Danny Fennell's back there as well. Eldridge Thompson, you know, and then you throw in a refreshment like Rosendo Lewis. You know, Tom, I'm thinking the linebacker position for South Carolina. It may not be quite as deep as some others in the SEC, or maybe as as experienced, you could say. But I think it might be one of the more underrated groups in the SEC. What do you think? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say underrated. I think they're one of the more. I, they're one of the question marks. I don't think anyone's talking about because when you lose Sky Moore, it's a big loss. Regardless of you know you're, he didn't get drafted, obviously, but he's playing ones right now on defense with the Colts, and you go from undrafted doing that. Obviously, shows how good of a college football player he was. You know, led the team four different years in tackles, fifteen, fourteen or fifteen interceptions on his career. I can't think of which one, but I just think that you know, Rosendo Lewis is hurt right now. He's out. I think he's going to be fine though for the season. You look at Sherrod Green and um, Elders Thompson splitting reps of the dime, whatever. I think it's like diamond, diamond. The um, yeah. that's his. It's but they call it something else too. I can't think of their name. But anyway, you know, T.J. Brunson coming back from the linebacker is going to be a big help for us. You know, guys obviously contributed his freshman year last year, came into his own. Then you look at Bryce Nine Williams, a guy that I think has been in college football for twenty years and hasn't done really much South Carolina other than the last two years and making a play here or there. But I think if he has a big year off the edge and then covers it, South Carolina's linebacker core will be one of the more respected, not, not underappreciated, respected linebacker cores in the SEC. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think this is the year for Bryce Allen Williams. He's been a solid player for South Carolina, but I don't know that he's had sort of that breakout season. I mean, you, you mentioned, I think we were talking about this last week or a couple weeks ago. I mean, you talk about the guys that were in either the 14 signing class or the 15 signing class, guys like Adante Sawyer and Bryce Nile Williams that were Army All-Americans that maybe just haven't lived up to that hype. Yeah. I mean, he's one of them. Again, he was an Army All-American. I mean, anytime you have a guy go to a game like that when he's a high school recruit, you're thinking this guy's going to come in, be a difference maker, be a stud. And like I said, he he's had some good moments. I mean, he's made some big plays for South Carolina, but it just hasn't translated into a full season of him being like a dominant player. Uh, and maybe that's because he was next to Sky Moore the whole time. I mean, we can obviously attest to how big of an impact Sky Moore has because, you know, we watched South Carolina in 2016 without him when he sat, sat out with a neck injury. And then we saw the difference in the defense a year ago and just how, I mean, he, he was the quarterback of the defense. Also, again, I want to throw in there and mention, and I don't want to forget, obviously, DJ Wanham. We didn't really talk about him. The D-line, obviously, with the linebackers, he's going to be at the buck position. Um I mean, DJ Wanham, there's not much you really need to say about this guy. I mean, he's so versatile. He can play on the line. He can play off the edge. 
he's a real physical, tough guy. I mean, I, you know, Will Muschamp, Lance Thompson today, they speak really high of him. I mean, for a good reason. He's a solid player. Again, he's a guy that Will Muschamp saw a ton of potential in, a guy he took a chance on. And, um, you know, I mean, Wanham has turned himself into an all-SEC caliber player, and I think he's going to have an all-SEC type season. But, yeah, I mean, if South Carolina is unable to get a pass rush from their front three or front four, and not only that, I think South Carolina is still going to blitz. They're going to bring pressure in creative ways because that's just really what Will Muschamp and T-Rob are known for doing. But I think you have some guys that are really capable of, you know, making life hell for a quarterback. You talk about Bryce Nam Williams. You talk about DJ Wanham. Again, Brunson being in the middle. I mean, you know, you talk about – I'm really excited for Rosendo Lewis. I know he's a true freshman. I'm not really sure – you know, quite how much he's going to play. Um, but he's a guy, they they really talked about him as being a thumper. He's a guy that's got girth. He's he, he's a guy that when you look at the physicality of a linebacker in the SEC, he's really what you want. And I want to touch back, you know what, it's funny, I want to go backwards a little bit here because I forget, completely forgot on the defensive line. I completely forgot to bring up Rick Sandage's name. I'm just sitting here thinking of freshmen. I think he's a guy too. I mean, the common theme I think with this defense we're going to touch on is there's just a lot of guys on this defense that I think are going to have some sort of impact. How big of an impact, we don't know, but it's just because of the youth and experience. But there's a ton of talent as far as, you know, all the way across the board, from the defensive line to linebackers to the secondary. Um, there's a lot of youth and inexperience that has a ton of talent that's going to be asked to do a lot pretty quickly. But I, I think a linebacker core of, like you said, T.J. Brunch in the middle, Bryce Nowen-Williams, uh, Sherrod Green, and Danny Fennell, uh, with DJ Wan and playing in the buck, I, I think that's a pretty solid second level for the Gamecocks, even with the loss of Sky Moore. Um, moving into the secondary, want to talk about the corners a little bit, obviously. Rashad Fenton returns for his senior season. You know, you could argue Rashad Fenton was maybe the best corner in the SEC for about half of the season last year. Struggled a little bit down the stretch, um, but he returns for his senior year. Is definitely a guy South Carolina can count on. Is like, again, I think he's going to be a top of the line corner in the SEC. Um, from there, it's going to be some new guys. You know, Jamarcus King leaves, but you've got Keyshawn Nixon, who was a nice piece last year, played some really good football. I think the coaching staff's really high on him. You also add a transfer in Nick Harvey, the Texas A&M transfer, uh, a guy that I think just adds depth. I think he could see immediate playing time. I mean, uh, T-Rob said it yesterday. I mean, Nick Harvey's played in some big football games. He's played some meaningful football. So I think Nick Harvey's a guy that's going to be, you know, huge for them. You know, you talk about some of these youngsters, Israel McQuamu, J.C. Horn, um, Guys like that. And then, you know, when we start getting in the secondary, obviously, you know, different positions, um, you know, we'll talk about kind of the nickel and, you know, who's playing different safety, stuff like that. But, you know, talk about Tom kind of, again, you lose Jamarcus King, but I think it is kind of another situation where as much as King did for you, you bring in a kid with less experience, but it may actually be an upgrade on that other side, on that other corner, just from a talent perspective. Talk about kind of your your impressions of the South Carolina defensive backs or the cornerbacks, if you will, specifically coming into the fall. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, bringing in Nick Harvey, I think he's more talented than Jamarcus King was. I mean, I could be wrong there. I don't think he's as big, but I think he's a better cover corner probably and and only has one year to play. And I think that having Nick Harvey and Rashad Fenton basically teach Mook and J.C. Horn how to play cornerback is going to be huge. I think those two could be two shutdown corners for South Carolina. I think that, you know – no, maybe in 2019, those guys could be the two best, you know, best combo in the SEC when you look at them. But I think, you know, with Fenton and um, Nick Harvey, I think they're going to be the two guys starting opposite corners with Keyson in the um, slot and then having Jemias at safety and then Stephen Montag probably lower safety. I think we haven't a really, we're going to have some really good DBs this year, but it's going to be can they have depth and can the freshman play well? Because if the freshman can't play well, then it's going to be a lot of the same people playing over and over again. 
Yeah, and I, well, I think I think the good news for South Carolina is too, and this goes not just the corner position, but the safety position and the nickel, which we're about to talk about in just a second. But I, I'm a I'm a pretty big believer that football it's a lot easier to play football as a true freshman the farther away you get from the ball. And what I mean by that is, if you're a center, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're a quarterback, your defensive lineman for different reasons, this, that, or the other, it's very, very it becomes it's much more difficult to take on the responsibilities of someone that's in that position versus being a cornerback or being a safety. I'm not trying to lighten the load of what a corner has to deal with or a safety, but I think even if you're young, you can get away with playing the corner of the position or anywhere in the secondary or being a wide receiver by just being an athlete. I think your athleticism at some point takes over because when you, like I said, when you get close to the ball as a quarterback, it's all about knowing the playbook. It's all about you know experience in hostile environments. When you're on the offensive or defensive line, it's about are you physically developed to even play in the league yet? Most guys don't come out of high school you know, ready to start 13 games, 12, 13, 14, 15 games of college football. So I feel good about, I feel good about it in that sense for South Carolina that I'm not too worried about having to play some young guys because these guys are highly, highly touted freshmen. And a lot of them were on the field in the spring. They've gone through it already. Um, but again, you know, you look at a guy like I think JC Horn's going to be an immediate impact. I think Israel will come with a six foot four defensive back. He's going to be an immediate impact. It's going to be funny to see McQuamu and Jamias Williams stand next to each other. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, again, I think Keyshawn Nixon can be a nice player. And we talked about him a couple of shows ago about what are you really expecting out of Keyshawn Nixon? And again, I think the coaching staff is fairly high on him I, I from what we've seen from other receivers they say he's one of the hardest to go up against in practice so I mean I, you know we have no reason not to believe that I'm gonna again I'm gonna take Brian Edwards word over anybody else's um so I think overall as far as the corners are concerned I think South Carolina is going to be okay on the perimeter I think they're going to be okay with a chance to be really really good I mean I think again Rashad Fenton is going to be the leader of them and I think he can be one of the best corners in the SEC and Again, Nick Harvey seems to be kind of the wild card. I mean, what is he really going to bring you from Texas A&M? But, again, it's a guy that has played in the conference, played in the SEC. Uh, so you have to feel confident in that. So uh, moving into the uh, the rest of the secondary, want to talk about safety, a little bit of nickel, obviously, of course, but want to talk mainly about the safety position. I mean, this is a position that's been an area of concern for Will Muschamp and the staff. They've mentioned it countless times over the preseason, just talking about, you know, Stephen Montak is the only guy that returns, and he's obviously a really, really nice piece. He's a very versatile player. He can play corner. He can play the slot. He can play safety. He can play nickel. He can play really anything, I think, in the secondary. Um, but Stephen Montag, I thought he did a really good job at secondary last season. He returns this year. Um, a guy that we didn't mention with the corners that is moving to safety is Jamias Williams, which I think is probably the biggest story of the safety position is what Jam Williams is going to do. I think it's going to be a really natural, smooth transition for him. I think this is going to be a better fit for him as far as a natural position. Um, you know, we I had this chat with Michael Felder on our show last week, and I think the biggest thing for Jam Williams is how is he going to adjust to maybe not being involved in every single play that can be tough for a guy to to adjust to when a guy has the type of talent and the skill level he has. He wants to be in every play. But I'll stop right there and I'll ask you, Tom, talk about what is because I feel like there's probably some of this here. What is your excitement level for seeing Jamias Williams move to the back end of the defense and man the safety position? I mean, I think he's a ball hawk. I mean, Gig and Paul, obviously, you know, you saw him make plays last year with his interception against um, Missouri, and then you could tell that he has an eye for the ball when he made that pick against Florida. I think that putting him at safety is going to be better for him because he's going to be in less man-to-man situations where he has to cover a six-four T Higgins on this in the slot sometimes, but. 
I just think that he's aggressive. He plays hard. I mean, tackling won't be an issue with him. I just think that it's a really smart move by a bunch of them. I think that he's going to be an NFL safety. I think he's as close as Earl Thomas as we've seen at South Carolina. It's like a he's as close to DJ Swearinger that we've seen in South Carolina. And my, I think that's the level of talent he brings to that position. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think he's an absolute ball hawk too. He was a kid that was you know, compared to Tyron Matthew when he was on the recruiting ranks when he was in high school. Um, he has that sort of ball-hawking ability. I, you know, it's funny. You bring up the DJ Swearinger, uh, you know, the DJ Swearinger comparison. It makes me think of Jonathan Gibson, who's a kid who's a freshman this year that may have an impact in the safety position. But, uh, you know, moving to the guys that we know coming back, I'm, really I'm excited to see Jalen Dickerson and Taven Jackson. Taven Jackson getting moved to the safety position. And Will Muschamp cited it's simply for depth. It's, you know, we need bodies back there. We need some guys with some, you know, some talented guys back there. And I think they made the decision to move Taven Jackson to the back end. But two guys who have battled injuries, I mean, we've mentioned it countless times on this show, Tom. You've talked about, you know, Will Muschamp had extremely high praise for Jalen Dickerson, calling him like one of the best safeties he'd ever coached um, when the kid hadn't even played a game yet. Um, said he reminded him of, I forget exactly who, maybe it was Earl Thomas or something like was that. Earl Thomas? Yeah, reminding him of Earl Thomas, which, I mean, is extremely high praise. But, again, Jalen Dickerson, a guy who's battled injuries, Taven Jackson, they both battled injuries, and the guys that are both going to get on the field this fall, I'm really, really excited to see them actually on the field and contributing. Um, because, again, you hear so much about these guys. And, I mean, they were – well, Muschamp was extremely high on both of them going into the, the season last year, and, unfortunately, injuries cut their season short. Uh, then you also add in JT uh, eBay. I, I think it's eBay. I'm not sure if it's eBay so or I. I'm going to – I think it's JT eBay. We're going to say JT eBay. The Rice transfer, you had him add him in over. I think he's a little bit of a wild card as well. It's going to be interesting to see. He's actually battling a hip. I don't think supposed to hold him out very long, but obviously the quicker you can get him back, the better. Because I think maybe what may what may be the biggest transition for him is just learning kind of the the lingo and kind of the way South Carolina works on defense. They actually talked about that with Nick Harvey at corner. Just saying that a lot of the they do a lot of the similar things, but it's just a lot of different verbiage, a lot of different language. Um, so overall, you know, Tom, obviously, I would say this is the biggest question mark on the South Carolina defense. This is going to be the biggest area of concern. How concerned are you for the South Carolina defense at the safety position going into the season? I mean, I just think it depends on how the new kids play. When you look at, you know, I'm confident in Montac, confident in Williams, but how can Jalen Dickerson play? How can JT Ibe play it. How can Taven Jackson play? If they can provide quality depth and come in and, and play meaningful snaps and play them well, then I have full confidence that they're going to have a good year at safety. If not, then it's going to, then it's Montac and Jemias playing the entire time with no help. Then it's probably going to be a long year. And it, I mean, you look like a guy, Javon Charleston, no clue if he's going to be back yet. So then, you know, he could add some quality depth to the safety position, but I just you know it, it does worry me right now in terms of depth. But if those young guys can come in and along with the grad transfer of Ibe, come in and play well, then full confidence they're going to have a good year back there. Yeah, I'm just so intrigued because when a guy gets that high of praise and that much, you know, the endorsement that Jalen Dickerson and Taven Jackson have got, especially Jalen Dickerson, I mean, it makes me like, okay, we need to see this kid. I need to see this kid on the field. What has he got? He's got something because Will Muschamp doesn't doesn't just hand out compliments to anybody about their playing ability. And, I mean, you know, I (laughs) – Again, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I think it's definitely, again, it's a question mark. It's an area of concern for the South Carolina defense. I think, luckily, one of the biggest things probably that's going to help this South Carolina team, this South Carolina defense, 
you open. I, I don't, with all due respect to Coastal Carolina, you open up with a fairly easy game week one. You don't play like an NC State or any of these kickoff games for the first time in forever, which we're going to break down the schedule in a couple weeks, and you'll you'll know just how happy I am about that. But you open up with a fairly easy game in week one. You face Georgia in week two. That's I, you know I, I know they got a lot of talent. They bring back some good receivers, but I don't think they're a team that's going to challenge you down the field and vertically as much as some of these other teams. I, I mean, I think they're more of a pro style. They're going to run the football, work off a of play action. Week three, you play Marshall, which, you know, granted, I don't know a ton about Marshall, but should be a game where, again, you basically the point I'm getting to here is you got some time for these guys to kind of feel their ways through, especially in the secondary deal with an offense that's just going to go high flying down the field, probably until you face Missouri, which I think is in like week six, I believe. Um, I think you go Marshall, then you go Kentucky Vandy on the road, and then you got Missouri. So, I mean, this South Carolina defense, that's the one good thing, I think, as far as the secondary is concerned. They're not, you know, you're not playing some high-flying, you know, pass-happy offense like, say, our friends over at Ole Miss are playing week one when they play Texas Tech. So, I think these guys at the safety position, you got a lot of talent there. And, like I said, all of the secondary those guys are going to kind of have time to grow into those roles and, you know, obviously get better and get some game reps and get some game experience. I think it's going to be absolutely huge, going to be beneficial. But, yeah, they're going to have to grow up quick. I mean, the biggest thing to me is, again, going back to it, I think Jam Williams is set out for a breakout year. I don't see any reason to why you wouldn't expect. I think Jam Williams is a guy that just is not being talked about enough, uh, was, a, was all, you know, freshman All-SEC a year ago. We obviously saw his capabilities, his abilities a year ago, and I, I think that's going to be – maximize this season when we see him in the you know back there just being a ball hawk kind of being naturally what he is so really really uh should be a lot of fun to watch okay so we're going to go with the defense or through the defense we're going to say why they'll be better why they'll be worse we want to do this last week we had a little bit of technical issues at the end of our show so we apologize but I want to talk about just overall 2018 Tom this 2018 defense um I'll let you start here why do you why if they are why will South Carolina's defense in your opinion be better in 2018 I think that there's a lot of quality freshmen that can that can contribute early to South Carolina. You know, when you look at, you know, 2016 with DJ Wanham and TJ Brunson, those are really the only two players that came in and could just play to start with. You look at this year, from this recruiting class, you have guys like Israel Mukwamu, J.C. Horn, Rick Sanders, J.J. Nogbury, who are all – that's four different guys who are probably all can contribute on defense alone. And I just think that them, them bringing in extra depth and quality snaps to the defense is going to be something that South Carolina hasn't had in a long time in terms of the amount of depth that the freshman class is bringing in. And I think that if Israel Mukwamu and J.C. Horn can both learn from Rashad Fenton and Nick Harvey, then they can be you know two shutdown guys for us next year. You have on one side J.C. Horn, who's a freak, and then Mukwamu, who's 6'4", and then you look at Rick Sanders and J.J. Nagari, guys that probably probably your two future starting defense tackles over Javon Kenlaw and Kier Thomas. And I just think, you know, but all four of those guys, if they can contribute early and contribute well, then we're going to have a really good season on defense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well put, well put. And I'll say for me, I think why South Carolina's defense will be better in 2018. To me, you know, we've talked about a lot of different guys, but I think a guy that Will Muschamp mentioned, and for good reason, is the return of Bryce Nam williams Again, Bryce Nam williams only played in about really two and a half games a year ago, got hurt a week no, excuse me, played in two games, one and a half games. He got hurt week two against Missouri, excuse me. So he only played in two games a year ago, got hurt against Missouri. Um, I, I thought through two weeks a year ago had a really, really big impact, had a huge sack in the NC State game, had some big plays in that one where the South Carolina defense came up with a lot of big turnovers. 
Uh, week two against Mizzou, he had the pick off the Javon Kinlaw tip pass at the end of that game. So Bryson Allen Williams was making a very, very big impact through two weeks. And I think getting him back, he's a guy who's can I think can be a, a veteran. He's a guy that can really, really have a breakout year. I think it's about time for Bryson Allen Williams. He, he's, he's set for that breakout year. And I think it's going to come this year. So I think his return is going to make this defense overall as a whole. It's maybe going to give them that pass rushing piece they didn't have a year ago. Uh, and I think it's going to really change this defense and the dynamic of it in 2018. Okay, so we talked about why they'll be better. Let's talk about why they might be worse. Um, I'll start here, Tom. Really why I think South Carolina might be worse off than they were in 2017 and 2018 is the simple question, can a team re- – those that listen to that show, you know, um, you know, Felder, we talked about that a little bit. He talked about, you know, how turnovers are, you know, turnovers are not just, you know, obviously we listen to coaches interviews and they preach, especially South Carolina's coaches. If you watch any of those post-practice interviews, they preach, you know, we, we talk the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball, the ball is our culture. Getting the ball out is our culture. You know, Lance Thompson even said today, Hey, they asked him, you know, how much do you talk about turnovers and getting the ball? He said, hey, do you read the Bible every day? Our Bible is turnovers. That's what we talk about every single day. You know, he had high praise for T-Rob that said, you know, he's never been anywhere that teaches getting the ball and turnovers better than South Carolina. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But at some point, you know, you had 28 a year ago. If you have to depend, if you're going to be a bend but don't break defense and you have to depend on those turnovers, can you really make a living off of doing that? Because – you could argue South Carolina may not have won Louisiana Tech. They had that big turnover, that pick in the end zone. They have a bunch of turnovers come your way. And not every single turnover, again, is a skill play. It is just being in the right place at the right time and making a play. Again, give all the credit in the world to Will Muschamp, his South Carolina defense, their entire coaching staff, what they preach, what they do. But at some point, again, you need to, I guess, be a, maybe a little bit more efficient and not so much live and feed off of those turnovers. All right, so yeah, right. Tom, what's your take on as far as what do you think would be the one reason if South Carolina were maybe worse than they were in 2017 on defense? What's the one What's the one thing that's going to maybe hold them back in 2018? I would say losing Scott Moore. I know that, I mean, he's obviously, he was a really great player for South Carolina, probably one of the top, at least I would say three linebackers in South Carolina history. I mean, could that, would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, no, I, I would without a doubt think so. I think any team would, I think any team would be impacted losing a guy like Sky Moore. I just think you can't help it. I mean, look at the Georgia defense. I think they're going to have an impact, or it's going to take a toll on them losing Roquan Smith. And it's just because it's not because they don't have capable bodies behind him, but when you lose a guy like that, it, it's probably going to take some sort of a toll on your defense. And I, no, I think that's a fair statement for sure. You know, and you know, Sky Moore, along with you know, South Carolina's played in the bend don't break defense for the last couple of years. When you look at, you know, NC State, the NC State game last year, I think they doubled us in yards, but they only – we won by a touchdown. That's just because of so many clutch interceptions or, you know, plays in the end zone where they – teams would drive down on us, but they wouldn't be able to convert in the end zone. And we look when we play really good teams like Georgia and Clemson, teams that can convert in the end zone, teams usually get beat by. And I think that this year they're going to have to be more dominant when it comes in field – when it comes to field position and getting out of the, getting out of the game on third down. I think that's going to be a big deal this year that no one's talking about. Yeah, I know third down has definitely been a huge focus for them and something they've preached about a lot they have to be better on. Um, obviously, South Carolina, you mentioned, they were phenomenal a year ago in red zone defense. And I have to say, I, I can I I expect that to continue just because I think that is a huge point of emphasis for them. And I think that's something Will Muschamp preaches a ton to his defense is winning the red zone. Um, 
but yeah, no, you make some great points for sure. Okay, put you in the spot, Tom. We're going to talk. I'm going to let you start. Let's just say it's January, it's February of next year. Just give me your overall prediction for 2018. What? How do you see it sort of playing out with this defense? What are you expecting, and what do you think we're going to say about this defense when we look back after the 2018 season's completed? I think that it's a it's a top four ish uh, SEC defense. I think that they're going to have a really good year. I don't think I think it's going to be sort of similar to last year in terms of give up a lot of yards, but don't really give up that many scoring. I mean, you know, letting people get on the board. I think if, I think they're going to force a lot of field goals. I think they're going to you know clutch. I guess that will be the right one be to clutch up in their red zone and make sure they make the right plays and. I think run defense is somewhere that they're going to be better at this year than they were last year. And I think that pass defense, too, I think they're going to prove – they're proving every year, and I think this year is going to be the same thing. I, now, I think they're going to be a better team than last year. I think they're going to be – I don't know if they're going to be up to, you know, anywhere that's 11-2 team defense. I don't think they're going to be there. But I think they're going to take a good step towards that goal of having a dominant defense people are scared to play. Yeah. Uh, Tom, my prediction for 2018, I'll just say three words. Trust in Muschamp. I, I'm giving Will Muschamp the benefit of the doubt here. I, like I told you before, I just think I think Will Muschamp, he's done it time and time again, every stop he's been at, maybe you know from Florida to now. I think South Carolina, there might be some bumps and bruises along the way, but I, I think, again, not having as quite as tough a schedule early on as maybe they had have had in past years and not being tested maybe so much vertically as they would have been tested in past years, uh, I, I think it's going to you know benefit those guys in the – I think South Carolina is just going to continue to improve. And, again, I'm giving Will Muschamp the benefit of the doubt. And I think South Carolina is going to have no worse than a top of the ha- top half of the conference defense. And who knows? I think it could be a top three defense in the SEC. I mean, I, I continue. I don't think they'll get quite at 28 turnovers. But I continue to that to be a huge focus for the South Carolina defense. they preach day in and day out and I think that's something that's sort of ingrained in his guys and that's sort of the court that's that's the culture he's built at South Carolina on defense is you know keep the ball away from your opponent and take the ball away from when they have it so uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch but I, I think this is just going to be another step like you said in the right direction of South Carolina having a truly dominant defense kind of getting back to what they had and the uh you know between 2010 2013 kind of the uh the the glory years you could say for South Carolina so but uh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Again, if you guys have any feedback, any questions in regards to any of our comments on the defense, feel free to reach out to us, any of our social media accounts. Um, leave us your feedback. We obviously really, really appreciate it. Um, but for now, we're going to jump into, Tom, you got any more comments, anything on the defense as far as maybe something we might have missed or something uh, that's on your mind? I mean, I think they're going to have a good year. I, I don't think anybody isn't expecting them to have a good year, but I think that they could – you know, I think Nick Harvey is a guy that if he can come in and have a really great year for South Carolina, he can put our defense over the top and maybe maybe put us in SEC championship play. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, it's yeah, it, it's going to be those 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 new guys are going to be the difference between South Carolina. I think being a good solid defense and being a great scary defense. So should be a lot of fun to watch. For now, we're going to say bye to you guys. For Thomas Floyd, I'm going to send it over. Um, we got a really special interview with Peter Burns of SEC Network. We- Joining me today for a very special interview is a guest I've been trying to begin on the show for a long time. He's a college football analyst and host for SEC Network. Peter Burns joins us. Peter, again, it's a pleasure to have you on. Really appreciate you taking the time today. 
Looking forward to doing it. You got two good uh, guests today because you got my daughter, Bo Burns, as well, too. She's nine months old, and I'm, and I'm, I'm watching her right now. So if you hear, I, pr- I promise, if you hear her kind of, uh, you know, yelling or something, it's nothing bad. You know, we're not watching game film or anything. She, we're just, uh, we're kind of relaxing over here at the house. <laughs> <laughs> the more the merrier. No, absolutely, for sure. Um, so before we dive into, you know, Gamecocks, because obviously this is the Spurs Up show, this is a Gamecocks podcast, I want to talk a little bit about you. Um, I watched all of that. SEC Media Days, you and uh, uh, with your new show, the SEC This Morning. Talk a little about that show when you got here. I know that uh, you, you you guys do a great job with that, so expand on that a little bit. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, me and Marcus Spears, they launched uh, SEC This Morning. So they launched a brand-new uh, SiriusXM channel, Channel 374, back in March. And so, um, you know, I've been lucky enough that they asked me to be the anchor of the network when it first launched in 2014. And then when they launched radio, they asked me to do that as well. And, I mean, man, me and, me and Marcus have a blast. You know how it is. I mean, no matter where you're from, you got SEC fans all over the map. And so for us, three hours every single morning from 7 to 10, we get to talk all about it. And uh, so that's a blast. And then over at Media Days this year, as you saw, they, they simulcasted it on SEC Network. So, you know, they maybe, you know, kind of uh, we got really good feedback. So maybe there's a. Uh, you know, there's an opportunity for us to uh, start putting that show on the mornings on SEC Network, which would be a, a, a really cool way to, especially during football season, to kind of kick off the week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, you guys did a great job at uh, at SEC Media Days, and it was it was a great day to start the day every day. I know that really got. I know for speaking to me personally, got really us really fired up for uh, for college football season. So, uh, and another topic before we dive into the Gamecocks, you know, college, the college football world is kind of spinning right now, and I think you probably know where I'm about to go with this. Um, pretty quiet off season until what happened over the past week with the entire. Uh, Urban Meyer situation, Ohio State. Just, I, I'm not sure. You may have given your opinion already, either on Feinbaum or on SEC Network, but I haven't seen your take. Give us just kind of your opinion on what's going on at Columbus, and how do you see this whole thing playing out? Well, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where everybody jumps to conclusions, and, and I, honestly, you know, it looks, hey, 98 percent sure that Urban Meyer knew and that he lied at Big Ten media days. But again, I've I've also dealt with stories around the SEC where I've seen players suspended for something. Um, you know, due to accusations and found out three weeks later that not, uh, it was all false and made up. And I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think um, it'll it'll end up being that the fact that Urban Meyer did, in fact, know. Um, however, I, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing I take away from this is, is this. Had Urban at Big Ten Media Days, when asked about it, about them firing Coach Smith, had he just gone into the podium and said, hey, listen, I fired Coach uh, it's something I should have done, be, you know, way back in the day, but I didn't. And I, I absolutely regret that because it was the wrong thing to do. And I take full responsibility for for not making that personnel decision earlier. I don't think we're having this conversation. But in the fact that he tried to, it seems kind of stonewall and kind of, quote, get away with it. I think is the reason why it blew up to be such a big deal. So what I've noticed in our life on one way or another, where it's my mistakes that I've made or other mistakes that coaches have made or players, 90% of the time, if you cop to it and say, Hey man, I messed up and I I should have handled that differently. And I need your forgiveness. We're forgiving society. I think what people get upset about is when people don't take responsibility or try to pass the buck. And that's when everything tends to blow up. Yeah, I completely agree, especially when, you know, not only did he 
adamantly deny it, but also I think he cited the 2015 either allegations or story, basically saying that that story was being made up or, you know, he he really just tried to kind of belittle those allegations. And it just, I feel like it made it way worse and it just snowballed into what it is now. So really crazy. I mean, again, it had been a pretty quiet off season until then. Yeah. I mean, he tried to kind of say, Hey, this was, you know, in in essence kind of fake news that it, Hey, there's nothing to this and try to steamroll it. And, and here's the deal for Irvin. I think he was able to get away with a lot of stuff when things were going well at, with him at Florida. Um, and nobody really held him accountable to it because they were winning. And, and to a certain extent, I think the same thing uh, went along at, at Ohio state and that no one really looked to hold him accountable because they were always in contention, but you know, 2018 college football in a sports landscape is is light years different than it was back in in 2000 2008 2010 yeah no absolutely so let's go ahead and jump into the Gamecocks um I'm gonna just kind of tackle the beast right up front you've been very open and vocal about you you think South Carolina beats Georgia in that that week two showdown in Columbia down in Williams Bryce 3:30 kickoff. We all know it's going to be a raucous atmosphere, um, and I think I may have even heard you say you think South Carolina is after that going to win the East and go to Atlanta. Talk about just kind of your you know your beliefs. Just looking at this South Carolina team, what makes you think that they're going to be able to take down Georgia in week two and then make a run at going to Atlanta this season? Well, I mean, well, let's start with the game week two. I, I just think with the up pace offense, I, I just think with Georgia losing so many key members on defense. I, I think that this is a way that with the crowd, week two, Georgia's not going to be pushed by Austin P in week one, that they have an opportunity to come out guns a-blazing, especially with this fast-paced offense, uh, and, and, and pop them for 14 nothing right off the bat. And you you know, I mean, that stadium, like, I'm upset that that's going to be a 2.30, you know, or 3.30 kickoff game. Uh, like, I'm so upset that CBS has that game because I got to work at the SEC Network, and I was her- hoping that I would it would be a night game so that way I could just roll down to, to Columbia and see it firsthand. So, um, again, I, I think the thing overall of why I have, I have a lot of good feelings for it, uh, for South Carolina football this year, is obviously you get Debo back. But Bentley, to me, coming into this third season just seems like he's going to be running the offense that he wants with that fast-paced offense. But I think the big thing is – Muschamp over, you know, each year, Muschamp seems to get better, right? Like, first year, I think he had only four-win talent on that team, and he turned it into six uh, or seven. I think the following year, last year, you know, this team probably should have only won six, seven games in in what? They ended up winning nine. So, for me, he finds a way to get the most out of his guys week in and out. And defensively, he's so good that while he's not as talented top to bottom as the roster – of Georgia, I think he knows how to put duct tape and bailing wire together to to make sure that he can do some good things defensively. I still think he's a year away from having the defense that Will Muschamp really wants in Columbia, but I think still it's it's a way to 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 get a leg up right off the bat against Georgia, and um and and, and that's a good thing for the Gamecocks. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and we haven't dropped our uh, our official predictions yet for the 2018 season, so I'll save my uh, my outlook for that game. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of buzz going around that game, and I think for good reason as well. I think South Carolina – and they historically played Georgia and Columbia very tough no matter what the records or the rankings are. So it's – I mean, it's going to be, I think, one of those classic South Carolina-Georgia games for sure. Uh, you mentioned Will Muschamp. You know, he's gotten better and better each year. He's been at South Carolina, and you know, again, you're someone who's been at the SEC Network for a while. You've been around college football for a while in this conference for a while. So you've seen Will Muschamp from his days in Florida to now at South Carolina. And you were at SEC Media Days and got to see and hear what Will Muschamp said firsthand. 
Talk about just kind of what you saw from Will Muschamp and what are your impressions of him heading into his third year at South Carolina? I told somebody yesterday that if, you know, if, you know, I'm holding my daughter Bo right now, so she's not going to be playing football. But if I had a son and I said, hey, I want you to go play for one SEC coach, I actually, I wouldn't want him to play for Saban. Uh, I wouldn't want him to go play for Kirby. Not that I don't like him. It's just that my number one draft pick of the coaches would be Will. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen how he coaches his guys in that he demands uh, excellence from them, but also knows, you know, kind of when to ride the guys, but also knows when to compliment them and coach them up hard, too. I think, you know, he was put into a tough situation when he took over at Florida because of, you know, the previous regime that I think his first go around in Gainesville was about cleaning up that program. Um, so, I, I, to me, I just think that he's so much comfortable now with the staff that he has, where he's at in, in South Carolina that, um, again, that's why I think sky's the limit. And, and, you know, a lot of people were concerned, oh, must champ going to South Carolina. I was like, man, you don't know. This dude can flat out coach football. And I think it's a hell of a hire down in Columbia. Yeah, absolutely. I know I was on the I was on the bandwagon as far as I, I liked the Will Muschamp hire. I thought it was good for the program at the time in 2015. I know a lot of people were on the fence, if maybe even critical of the hire, but I think Will Muschamp is – I mean, going above and beyond, I think this year is just going to be another step in that as far as transitioning to that up-tempo offense, proving that he can not only win with a great defense, but win with a really solid offense and productive offense as well. Um, The the only thing I'm concerned about for Will in this up-speed offense is that I know it bit Missouri a little bit because they were really fast uh, with Josh Heupel. So they were fun to watch and they were really fast. However – when they would make, you know, sometimes that got the defense in a bad spot. So while I think they're going to go quick, I don't want them to go too, too quick. Um, and I think they're going to have to balance that out in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I think that's a really good take on your part. Um, I, and that's, you know, something in my opinion that I think when people are looking at the South Carolina team going into this season, I think that's one thing people aren't giving enough credit to when they're making their predictions for South Carolina or taking into account enough to me is how much of an impact Brian McLean at OC and Dan Warner at quarterback coach and just kind of this offensive philosophy changing, how much this offense is going to change. But I do agree with you 100%. I mean, it's, it's you, know, I, I, you know, I have a faith and trust in the coaching staff. I don't think they're going to go too fast for their own good, if that makes sense. I just, I just don't – like you're saying, Will Muschamp is still a guy that if he can win a game 17-14 to 14 or – Gosh, 10 to 7. I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that'll do it. I, I don't think they're going to go too fast to put his defense in trouble, but I, I think that's a great point you make, and I think it's a real it's a realistic concern to have for sure. So I think, um, that, I think you have to be able to have that gear when you need it, but not go to it all the time. So I think that's going to be how Will is going to say, hey, here's how I want to use. Like when we go to the whip, I want to go super fast, but that doesn't mean we're going to the whip. Uh, on the first play and for the entire, you know, for the entire game and entire season. Yeah, 100%. So one of the guys that's going to make uh, or help that uh, that effort on offense is a guy, Debo Samuel. Uh, you talked about him a little bit. Simply put, when healthy, Peters, he's the best player in college football. Boy, it's, it's tough because there's so, you know, you look at Bryce Love, you look at Khalil Tate, um, you know, I mean, there's so many great players. I think that special teams-wise, he's as good as I've seen almost since, Remember Trendon Holiday that played for LSU oh, yeah. back in the mm-hmm. day who was like five foot one? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. He's one of the guys, the very few, and I put Saquon Barkley in this group last year in the fact of when they, he gets the chance to get the ball, 
you you ha- you can't go anywhere. Like if it's if you're a Gamecock fan or you're just a college football fan, you're like, uh oh, they're kicking the Debo. Like you you need to sit down and watch television or probably stand up because he's going to do something exciting. So the question is is how they get him involved in the game outside of special teams. You know, I mean. How, how you know? How much do you use him as a wide receiver? You put him in the slot. Do you you got to get the ball in his hands? Um, but I don't also don't think that you know you know you 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 develop a whole slew of plays for him as well too. The only concern I have offensively is honestly when you lose a guy like Hayden Hurst, that's such a big um, you know a, a, such a big loss for him going into the NFL. So I'll be kind of curious to see what what the Gamecocks do as far as the tight end situation. Yeah, and kind of where those receptions go as well. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see kind of where those receptions go as far as does someone fill the shoes or, you know, do as best they can to fill the shoes of Hayden Hurst. Do those receptions go to maybe running backs out of the backfield? Does it go to more to wide receivers? We'll see. Um, speaking of the wide receivers, just that wide receiver core in general. I mean, not only Debo Samuel, who we all know what he can do when he's on the field, but you've got Brian Edwards. Yeah, I think Brian Edwards is one of the most underrated wide receivers maybe in the country. Shai Smith and Orthray Smith were two very, very talented freshmen who had really good campaigns last season. Um, talk about your impressions of the wide receiver core. I mean, do you think this could be the best individual unit in the SEC, or is that going too far? No, I mean, I think the best individual wide receiver unit is still going to be Ole Miss. I mean, they got A.J. Brown, Demarcus Lodge, and D.K. Metcalf. But the, the capability and in, in what you, the different types of looks that the Smiths can give as well as Edwards and adding uh, Debo and 100% healthy Debo, I mean, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find them not be the second best. I mean, listen, Ole Miss's wide receiver core is the best in the country, in my mind, not just the SEC or, uh, you know, I'm talking about the entire uh, NCAA football. So uh, that's that's tough to beat that crew out. But, um, again, there's probably 90 other coaches right now that would kill to have uh, Will Muschamp's wide receiver core going into the 2018 season. Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to be fun. Those teams face off against each other early November. I'd expect a lot of points in that game, uh, without a doubt. I expect a lot of NFL scouts to be watching that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, You talked a little bit about Jake Bentley earlier, and, uh, you know, he's a guy, obviously, on our show. We've talked a ton about, you know, we just spent our entire last show uh, looking ahead and previewing the offense position by position. Um, Jake Bentley, like you mentioned, this is a huge year for him. You know, he mentioned a lot of SEC media days how – he thinks going back to the up-tempo offense is going to be maybe the best thing to happen to him in his college career. And we obviously know what the struggles were with Kurt Roper at OC and just the struggles last year overall with the offense. Um, one of our friends of the show, Brad Crawford, who works for 247 or 24-7 Sports, you know, he made a good point, and a point we've made as well, is that Jake Bentley, simply put, just needs to be better in bigger games, games like the Georgia game, Clemson. Uh, even Florida last year for three quarters against Michigan. And I'm not going to put it all on his back, but I think overall as an offense, they can be better. But what what do you, Peter, I mean, what do you want to see out of Jake Bentley this season? And do you think that he, at times, does he look a little gun shy to you? Is he a guy that needs to kind of show up when the lights come on? Or, you know, what is your overall take of Jake Bentley heading to his junior year? Honestly, I think the fast-paced offense is going to help Jake because I think sometimes Jake last year was thinking too much. You know, if that makes sense, like he was trying oh, a yeah. little bit, almost trying a little too hard. And I think the fast-paced offense is going to help him just be a quarterback and react a little bit as opposed to, hey, I need to, you know, here's this wide receiver. It looks sometimes like late in the season he was trying to do calculus, right? 
You know, mm-hmm. he was trying yeah. to, he was waiting to pull the trigger, and then when he did and hesitated a little bit for thinking, he tried to fit in the ball into into spaces that just flat out, you know, you can't do against SEC opponents. So I think for 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 me. The, the thing is, is he didn't think about playing, you know, he didn't think about the position when he was thrust into that um, his freshman year, right? Like he was just like, hey, dude, you just need right. to react and play. And he did that. I think he thought a little bit too much last year. I think now it's just going to be like fast, react, go play football and go kill it. And I think he's going to have success. Yeah, no, that's a great point you make, and that's something we've talked about a lot too. Is it definitely looked like you could look at Jake Bentley's face and just see the see the the wheels turning in his head? Yeah, and I think that was I think that could be blamed for part of the reason some of you know the missed throws he had where guys were just wide open, and maybe he just you know he overthought it a little bit too much and didn't hit them. So it, like I guess I definitely agree with you and think the up tempo offense is going to be beneficial to him if nothing else. Um, move, go ahead. No, I just think, again, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, this is, you know, this offense could put up some monster numbers. And, and again, it's almost like a golfer. Stop thinking about your swing and just hit the ball. And that's what they need Jake Bentley to do at the quarterback position. Absolutely. So let's turn it over to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Will Muschamp's specialty. Um, You know, my take, Peter, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Will Muschamp, obviously, he's a defensive guru. South Carolina has put up Fantastic numbers on defense the first two years, maybe with lesser talent, like you mentioned in the beginning. Um, they lose Sky Moore on that side of the ball, lose a couple guys off the defensive line, a um, little thin at safety. But am I wrong as someone that follows South Carolina? Am I wrong for just assuming that South Carolina is going to figure it out and be, if nothing else, solid on that side of the ball? Simply put, just because you've got Will Muschamp running the show and We've seen over his coaching tenure what he does with defenses. Yeah, I mean, I think over and over as you get closer and closer to the season, you realize that, I mean, Will is as good as finding talent as anybody. Uh, And it may not be five-star talent, but it may be three-star guys that he can coach up. So, um, again, you've got to think that Muschamp being the guy, the recruiter that he is, he's not missing on a bunch of kids. He's – and, and here's the deal. I think Kevin Sumlin used to chase recruiting rankings and five-star guys that weren't a fit for his program. Recruits kids that says, you know what, this kid may be a three-star, but he's the perfect three-star for us on the defensive side. Or perfect, you know, two-star that nobody gave a lot of love for, but he fits perfect in this secondary and what we need. So, to me, I, I think that's what made Dan Mullen so good at Mississippi State is that he found, quote-unquote, inferior talent and coached them up I don't think it's inferior talent I think just Will knows the diamonds and the rough that that are going to fit his program and that's that's why I I think he's the cream of the crop when it comes to guys that can make and coach their team better yeah and I mean perfect example DJ Wanham who was at SEC media days I mean he was a guy out of the state of Georgia three-star prospect I think is I'm not sure how many other offers he had but I know Indiana was like his leading school and I just imagine now that guy went to Indiana he would be you know, tearing up the Big Ten. But, I mean, that's just, like you said, that's just kind of a true testament to what Will Muschamp can do. I mean, he found a guy who'd fit in his system. And, I mean, obviously, I think Wanham's an all-SEC caliber player. So, it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, Will, um, Will's just comfortable. And I think that's the whole deal. I know Ed Ogeron wasn't comfortable last year. I know other coaches that haven't been comfortable before. But Will is comfortable with his guys. And he he has the space. He has the coaching staff that he wants. You know, I mean, that's that's the deal that Alabama has to deal with every single year is all of a sudden – Boom, you've you got to replace assistant coaches left and right because guys are getting, you know, picked away. 
for Will, Will can say, these are the guys that I want, work with me, and he's able to have that. And if it doesn't work out, like the Roper situation, they're able to pull the trigger on a new coordinator. So, uh, again, that's why Will has found himself in a good spot, and, and I think that could be a really symbiotic relationship there down in South Carolina. Absolutely. So finishing up here, Peter, I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Obviously, again, you've been pretty vocal about how you think South Carolina is going to do this season. But overall, you know, your predictions for this 2018 South Carolina team, do you think they can make a run to Atlanta and possibly get to uh, get to the SEC championship? I, I absolutely do. Now, of course, you know, I'll be on freezing cold takes, I'm sure, down the road and, and, and those guys. <laughs> but uh, I, I still I still look at if they can stay healthy that this is a team that's possible to win the East. Uh, as far as when they – on week two, I'm still all in on, on the idea that they win week two against Georgia. I mean, to me, I, I – you know, I, hey, listen, I've been wrong before and I could be wrong again, but I think this team is talented enough to win in week two. And I think by winning in week two, all of a sudden this team can believe in itself. And as long as this offense doesn't go too fast, absolutely this is a team that can make a run in Atlanta. Listen – I know Georgia is good. I think they just lost so much leadership last year that they're going to try to struggle. and They're going to struggle to find that right off the bat. And that's why, listen, if this game was week seven against South Carolina, I'm probably picking Georgia just simply because I think they have more talent. But because it's week two, I think that Will Muschamp knows his buddy Kirby Smart, knows the weaknesses, and can, uh, and that crowd is going to be just flipping nuts. I wish I was there. Yeah, absolutely. I actually bought my ticket a couple of weeks ago, so I'm I'm uh I'm definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I I also think as well that you know South Carolina has got a again. I'm going to come out. We're going to come out with our predictions a couple of weeks, but I obviously I think they've got a great chance to win that game. And you know, I know a lot can happen throughout the course of a season. You mentioned like injuries and just teams can get a lot better, a lot worse. You know, you know the teams that South Carolina plays in their schedule, but. I tell you what, me personally looking at that schedule, in my opinion, if South Carolina beats Georgia and doesn't win the East, I think it's a huge uh, – I think looking right now it's a massive failure. I mean, is that being too harsh? Well, I, again, I mean, I think Kentucky is going to be better than people think uh, this year. I think Florida is going to be much improved. I, I think the East and even Missouri is going to be kind of a thorn in people's side with Drew Locke coming back in. So, um, I mean, again, I, I, I think at the end of the day – that whoever wins the East could possibly have two losses. And that's why the the tiebreaker is going to be so important because I think Georgia is capable of losing two games in conference play. And that's why that, that, that game in week two is just such a monster game for, for, for the Gamecocks. Absolutely. Well, Peter had a lot of fun, man. Uh, Really again, appreciate you taking the time coming on. Let everybody know just kind of where they can find not only your show, but also you you as well on social media. Yeah, man, at Peter Burns ESPN on Twitter. I'm always seem to upsetting people there. You can catch me on Sirius XM <laughs> 7 to 10 every single morning, or I got a Sunday morning show on ESPN Radio uh, from 7 to 9 as well. So uh, one of these days I'm going to get a day off, but until then it's, it's good to always talk football. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, I can, I can definitely speak. If you haven't checked out any of Peter's work yet or haven't tuned in, be sure to do so. I mean, they do a great job over at SEC Network, and Peter's always a good time to listen to. So, Peter, again, appreciate you coming on. Let's do it again sometime, all right? All right. Hopefully we're doing it in Columbia and uh, in, in, in celebrating a couple victories. So uh, we'll do it down the road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Appreciate it. Again, you guys know where to find us, the Spurs Up Show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, all of our social media handles. For Peter Burns and Thomas Floyd, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.